Good morning, everyone. How many of you thought class was canceled because of this lovely note on the door? How many of you got the text message that it wasn't? Yay for text messages. So I did not write this, and I'll be contacting my fellow instructors to ask them to be a little more courteous and either say the time of the class or the section of the class or the instructor of the class. So I will always send a text message and also do uh, an email if I can, but I can do a text message for sure if something crazy comes up, like I'm in a car wreck or something happens where I can't be here. So how many of you were able to take a look and glance at our scavenger hunt guidelines? Anybody? Okay. Well, that's our main uh, goal today is to have a scavenger hunt. We are the first, literally, you're going to open the box. They've opened them before and put little numbers on them, but nobody has used these $200 flip cameras before. They've got brand new batteries in them, and you're going to have 45 minutes with a partner to do our scavenger hunt. And so we'll talk about um, that as far as guidelines. But I want to do a couple things first. For the sake of our recording, today is October the 27th, 2010. This is week nine, and we are in class B or two. Um, make sure that you do our attendance on Poll Everywhere. And for our video share today, I'm going to do Zombies in Plain English. Who's seen this before? Anybody? This is from 2007. This is Leela Fever. He does the In Plain English series. And since it's Halloween, I thought this might be appropriate. So watch your back. Oh, and let's have the subtitling. Uh, what language shall we do? We'll do Spanish. I had told you about .sub. You can see that only 11% of the Brazilian Portuguese is completed, but we could see this in simplified or traditional Chinese, Danish, Dutch, French, Polish, or Spanish. And this, is, this will give you an idea of how how dot sub as a site works. This is a free site. Yeah, so watch your back. Danger may be lurking where you least expect it. You may find a relative, friend, or neighbor coming after one thing, your brain. This Halloween is forecasted to be a high season for zombie attacks, and we're going to help you get through it, brain intact. This is Zombies in Plain English. The first step is identifying a zombie. Let's take your Uncle Dan. Here's Dan as we all know him, a normal guy. Now, let's look at Dan as a zombie. Notice the unnatural mouth position and dark eyes. The shoulders will be off kilter. Arms reaching, grabbing. Legs limpy. Skin pale. This is a zombie. Be careful this Halloween. You may see people that resemble zombies. Remember, zombies don't eat candy, only brains. You may also see them dancing with Michael Jackson. These are actors. Zombies don't dance. When you encounter a real zombie, it's time to have a plan. Here's how to survive an attack. Your first reaction may be to retreat to a home or business. This is only a short-term solution because they will never stop, ever. Instead, consider heading to a Costco. Don't find a way out of an attack without proper rations. Now, keep your cool. Remember that zombies may move quickly in early stages of infection. Don't underestimate their speed. Also, consider a retreat to high altitudes. Studies have shown that zombies react poorly to cold weather, causing them to become brittle and slow. Lastly, zombies can't swim, so a retreat via boat could help. And remember those rations. If you're not the retreating type, the obvious next move is counter-attack. This brings us to our last step, how to kill the undead. The simple idea is, kill the brain, stop the zombie. This is generally done through head trauma or decapitation, but any method that removes the zombie brain's ability to direct the undead body will work. As starting points, we suggest large caliber bullets to the head or decapitation via machete, axe, or chainsaw. Now, chainsaws are advanced tools that should be used carefully. Napalm or grenades can also be effective, but be careful. A 
zombie can be even more dangerous than a normal one. If your friend has a zombie bite, unfortunately, there is only one outcome. Infection is absolutely irreversible. Don't bother with antiseptic or band-aids. Your friend is not your friend anymore. Face the inevitable and save your brain. Kill them with dignity before they become undead too. Remember, be prepared. Plan your route and rations. Be on the lookout. And when they... Whoa, this just in. We've received an unconfirmed report that zombies have been sighted in southern British Columbia. They may be heading south. Repeat, heading south. Touch. What's it? Did you hear that? Has anybody seen a Common Craft video before, an in plain English video before? I'll show you some others that are actually related to our curriculum about Google Docs and other things. But that's a neat way to explain a concept in a very simple way. And there have been some students now who have created those kinds of videos explaining different things and using drawings and that kind of basically um, stop motion uh, action. The flip cameras that we're going to be using today could definitely be used to create that kind of a video. So happy Halloween to everybody. Enjoy it and be safe. Um, what I'd like to talk next about the AppShare is a little app that's called TwitPick. And does anybody remember when this happened on the Hudson? So the first photograph of the aircraft, which was landed by an Air Force Academy graduate, um, safely, and all the you know, passengers were able to safely get out. It was incredible that this happened. There was a fellow who was riding the barge, or the, um, what's it called, just a boat that goes across? It's not a barge. The ferry, thank you. He was riding the ferry across the Hudson, and hey, look at that, and had his phone snap the picture. So we now not only have the ability to post to places like Facebook, but also places like TwitPic. And there are, are free applications that you can have. The one that I'm going to demonstrate and I've used before is this one called TwitPicked. starts with a T, but it enables you to publish a video to a public website like this. And unlike a Facebook page that people are going to need to possibly, if you have a private profile or whatever, have a login to get to, that's not the case with a Twitter page. So on an, I, um, an iOS device, um, the iPod Touch will now, now has a camera as well. Um, basically, you take a, take a picture, and you can do it in advance or not. Uh, TwitPic lets you take a live photograph, so it first opens up and says, hey, you want to take a picture? I don't, so I'm going to push cancel, and then I can choose the pictures I've taken before. So um, I'm actually going to post this lovely photograph, which was uh, taken just a minute ago. However, what's wrong with that picture? Sideways and rotated. So um, there's another little app. I like. There's one that's called Crop for Free that I use, but this is called Photoshop Express, and it just allows me to select a photograph. I can make edits to that photograph mobile here on my device. So I'll click down here at the bottom, the little left arrow, and it should... I guess I have to say rotate it first. Huh. Use your finger to turn it 90 degrees. All right. Well, I have actually never... Look at that. Isn't that cool? Wow. I've never rotated it before. All I've really done before is crop. And, wow, 
it's already figuring out how to crop it for me, I can move those corners around. So now I've got a cropped image just like I want it. I click the bottom image there that has the arrow going down. And I'm going to say save and exit. And now I have a new photo in my photo album with those changes. So I can make other, other kinds of changes in Photoshop Express. It is a free application. Um, there's other kinds of applications that allow us to do different kinds of modifications and enhancements to images. Um, my favorite that I just uh, used the other weekend is called Camera Bag, which is really fun. Um, I'll save that for another app share, though. So TwitPic, again, will let us select the picture that we want from our album. Now we've got an actual properly rotated picture. TwitPic might do some rotation for us automatically. I'm not sure. Um, and I'll write a note. It would have been thoughtful for the instructor who wrote this note to indicate which section what do you notice is happening at the top of my screen? Yeah, I've got 140 characters when I do a tweet. So I need to um, decide what to do instead. Instead of thoughtful, I'll write nice. And that makes it exactly 140 characters. I'll proof it. It would have been nice for the instructor who wrote this note to indicate which section is canceled. And I click send. So what that does is it uploads that picture to the website TwitPic where I already have an account created and I've uh, linked this application to it. And it is going to connect to my Twitter account so that anybody who's following me on Twitter or comes to my Twitter stream is going to be able to see uh, not only that message, but they're going to see a link and they're going to be able to click it and see the picture. So I'm going to flip back to the computer now and... Uh, there's a CNET article that I linked um, to also our handout for today or our, our website where it just kind of gives the, the breakdown on what happened with this photograph. This actually got picked up real quickly by, I think, NPR, and this was on CNN. I mean, that picture was, was the first image that anybody took. And when we hear people talk about citizen journalists today, that can refer to this idea that all of us have a potential and an ability to be able to uh, report on things and to share things. Um, I don't have a link to it here, but CNN has a whole website called iReporter where they're trying to empower people to do that kind of thing. That is still uploading. Sometimes inside the building it's a little bit slow. Uh, some stuff, you know, who cares? Do we care about my lunch? No, probably not. Um, other things are, you know, I think pretty interesting. This was a TwitPic I captured a couple weeks ago just as I was walking to class. Have you all seen the priests that are out with the little, this reminds me of Lucy from Peanuts where she's the counselor is in, you know. And so I talked to, to uh, him. His name is Father Ray. And uh, he said he has all kinds of interesting conversations with UNT students and other people just kind of setting up shop right outside the union. So it will archive these and you'll be able to refer to them later. Um, obviously, there are, and there it is, there's our TwitPic. So there's the link, and if you would have your Twitter feed open and would be following me or anybody who is, when they click um, the link here, 
that's what's going to take them to the page. So that is posted out. I think I'm going to go over 7,000 Twitter followers this week probably. And it's already been viewed by 14 people around the world. So that is the power of social media and uh, TwitPic. Um, if we go back and take a look, for instance, at this one with Father Ray, and that's been viewed 62 times. So um, can anybody think of how this may be a little disruptive to have this kind of potential in your classroom? What could, what could, what scenarios can you imagine at school with TwitPic? Well, whatever. Sure, yeah. Have you heard reports about people having cameras in locker rooms and those kind of things happening? Sure, right? So anything we see, we could take a picture of, we could publish. Um, you know, we, we probably tend to think about the negative examples first rather than the positive examples. Um, as a teacher, you know, you have an opportunity to, to document things that are happening on a field trip. Um, you know, this I went to Las Colinas for lunch yesterday and saw the Mustang statues there. How cool was that? The opportunity to be able to document that and then share that kind of thing live. How about a trip? Um, there's a group from Holland Christian Schools where I just was up in Michigan. And on their homepage of their site... They have a link to a blog because they've got folks now, and maybe it's from the high school, um, where you can follow the, oh, and I don't have the link saved. You can, you can actually click the link and follow the, the trip that their, their uh, teachers and students are on right now. So there's responsibility that goes with this. There's important ethics that we need to be talking about with students. Having a device like you'll have today, a flip camera, and the ability and power to publish that to the world is a huge disruptive thing that we are not ready for. I mean, our culture and our schools and our educational system and our parents and just most people in our communities have not gotten their heads around what that means and so as we practice our scavenger hunt today, I want you to be thinking about um, the important responsibility that comes with this kind of power and how we need to talk with students to make good choices um, about those things. The last thing I want to talk about before we jump into our scavenger hunt today is a little presentation, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to uh, do it as a, as, a, as a trial run because there's a function called Open Beta 5 that is happening tomorrow night in Oklahoma City. We've talked about Pecha Kuchas and the Inspire story or the Inspire model of presentations. Um, all of these people are going to be giving presentations, um, and you can see I'm on the list uh, near the end, and they're going to follow what they call a lightning talk model, which is in the middle of Pecha Kucha and Inspire. So instead of 20 seconds or 10 seconds, it's 15 seconds apiece, 20 slides, and uh, you're done in five minutes. So the title of my presentation is Oklahoma Isn't China BalanceFiltering.org. These are photographs that I took last month when I visited Shanghai, and the Apple Store in Shanghai had just opened a month or so before this. And when you think about China, one of the things I'm sure you could think about is the Great Wall. It's one of the only objects made by humans that we can see from space. But that wall is not the only wall we have today. There's a great firewall of China that prevents folks in China from accessing a lot of sites. 
Back in 2007, when I had a chance to visit China for the first time, I did a little test, and I compared websites that were accessible or blocked in China and those that were accessible or blocked in Norman public schools. And I actually found more sites blocked in the Norman public schools just south of Oklahoma City than were blocked in China, which is ostensibly, uh, you'll hear it referred to sometimes as a totalitarian country. It's really a unique governmental system. But those kind of messages are common in schools today. This is a website called Celebrate Oklahoma Voices that I've helped facilitate um, and, and help teachers create videos for over the last three years. We have over 800 videos, and because it is created on a site called Ming, it's blocked in many schools. This is an image of a chemical balance, I think. And I put this in here because the focus of my presentation is balance. In our schools, in our homes, in our communities, we really need to have balanced filtering. And the problem is there's a lot of fear. And we have a lot of people concerned that if we allow for students to have more open access to content, there are going to be horrible people that are going to jump into their lives and there's going to be danger. I created this project called Unmasking the Digital Truth several years ago. And the purpose of this project, which is on a wiki site, is to identify the reasons that many schools overblock the web. And these are three acronyms you may have heard before. SEPA, which is the Children's Internet Protection Act. FERPA, which is um, the family, I need to get the exact definition. Uh, COPAs, they have to do with protecting children and families online. Dana Boyd is a recent graduate of the UC Berkeley doctoral program, and her research looked into what teens are doing online, and I would commend her research to you, as well as that of Nancy Willard, who has the website cyberbully.org. What both of these researchers point out is that the kids who are most at risk face-to-face -face are most at risk online. And when predators are interested in contacting young people, they talk about sex, and it's not a mystery when they go to meet and to talk about um, what, what the reason for their meeting. 21st century skills, and this is the framework for 21st century learning from the partnership, is really important. It's a mandate in our schools. But unfortunately, if we don't embrace a balanced approach toward content filtering, which doesn't mean doing away with filtering. It means filtering pornography, and it means filtering uh, phishing and malware sites and sites that are going to be malicious. But it does mean providing some open access. We can't achieve those 21st century skills. This is a Ning website that How Public Schools, one of our school districts in southeastern Oklahoma, has created to share their story, to praise some of their most innovative and creative projects that their students are doing. This is a cluster map of my blog that just shows visitors in the last 25 days from around the world identified by IP address. And one of the things that I would like to create and possibly have folks at Open Beta help me create is a project that will do this. It will give schools a grade based on their content filtering. So you'll click a button and it will identify by IP address where you are and then it will go through a list of maybe 20 different websites to say, are these accessible in my site? Yes or no? In Oklahoma this year we have 22 schools that are participating in the one-to-one -one learning project well, actually the three in red have already been doing one-to-one. -one. But more and more schools are going to be moving in this direction. This is a photograph at Discovery College in Hong Kong where the students that are, are going there all have laptops. It is imperative that we help students learn to create or to, to make good choices. 
The purpose of school is not just to have a prison and control people. It's to empower people to make good decisions. Just like a parent wants to empower their child to make good decisions when they go outside the house, the same thing is true of us in schools. And this is Marco Torres with some of his students in uh, California. These are my three kids. Oklahoma is not China. We don't need to act like it. And we need to find ways to advocate in our communities for change and to advocate for a more balanced approach to content filming. That's it. Do you have any suggestions for me since I'm actually going to do this live before an audience tomorrow night? Um, anything that you would recommend changing or something that you thought... You know what I could do instead, and I, and I did prepare to do this. If you would, and this is optional, you don't have to, um, link on our page to our online evaluation form. I actually did um, put my name on the drop-down. And so if you would like to anonymously, you don't have to put your name in, just put anonymous if you don't want to put your name, uh, share any feedback about that. Um, you can do that now, or you can do that uh, later. What do you, let me ask you this question. What do you think would actually change the minds, or how do you think you go about changing the minds of, like, your superintendent in your school or your school board members on an issue like this? Um, I'm not, I think it's more the parents. It pretty much starts there because you're, you're scared. And now the principal and teachers are just trying to protect kids as much as possible because they, they're, they're afraid of parents. Yeah, and that's a good point. Perhaps this kind of an initiative needs to start with parents and it needs to be parent-based so that the parent group can say, you know, we know. My daughter, I, you know, I know everywhere she goes and I, I pull everything she does, so I, I, don't, I like to let her have some freedom, but there's still that element Sure, and things change with age, right? The things we're going to let a kindergartner do are hopefully different than what we let a 12th grader do. Yet in our schools, most of us treat teachers like kindergartners, and they filter the same way and treat everybody the same. So the message is definitely not let's not filter. It's let's be developmentally appropriate, and let's recognize by the time you're done with high school, hopefully you're ready to go to the unfiltered web, right? Because if you go to college, maybe there's filters, but probably not in a lot of cases. What are you doing there when somebody's not beside you? That's the real test of ethics is what, if some, what do you do when somebody's not looking over your shoulder? And I don't think we do a good job preparing kids, particularly in schools, for that. I think there's a lot of parents that, just like you said, are very fearful. Um, any other thoughts about that? or about how to help parents grapple with fear and take a balanced approach. Well, I would love your, your thoughts and feedback on this because this isn't an imaginary uh, thing. This is really a, an actual website and project that I'm interested in, in working with others on. Uh, balancedfiltering.org is the website that I've set up. I think that we need curriculum and, um, you know, the idea of videos with scenarios to have that t teachers could show and then talk with students about what to do. I think those would be important pieces that we can have in here. But anyway, that was my opportunity.
opportunity to practice what we've been talking about, show you a real-world example where that presentation model that you've learned how to do is actually being done. And perhaps, you know, here in the Dallas area, I don't know, I haven't done research, but maybe there are Pecha Kucha nights that people have. I don't know, it may not be about the greatest topic. You may not be excited about it. But who knows, you could have that topic about anything, right? And it's a fast way for people to hopefully share good information about a different topic and then get through the agenda without staying there for eight hours or whatever. Okay, are we ready to talk scavenger hunt? All right, so on our... Uh, website. We've, we brainstormed last time project guidelines, and based on your, your input, I came up with um, our guidelines. So prizes, let's get to the most important things first. We're going to have uh, six prizes for, for three teams, for, and you're going to draw them out of a hat if you win, and we'll randomly, pick, uh, we'll randomly put those six people who win, those, those two, three teams, into a box and, and pick them out. So four bonus uh, points of five points in the class, and then I'm going to get two $10 gift certificates for iTunes that will be prizes too. So those will be given on Monday. And um, you don't get a grade for this assignment. You can get extra credit if your team wins. Um, there's really more social credit for this, and I think this is going to be fun. Um, so, you know, if, if you've got a busy weekend and you don't even want to do anything more with this, then, you know, tell your partner that right away. So if they're excited about it, they can partner with somebody who does. But basically, you're not required to do anything besides what we'll do in class. But um, the steps are going to be, um, we're going to sign out cameras, and your flip camera is going to is going to have a number on it, and it is probably not going to have been taken out of the box, and you're going to need to get inside the box and get out the little bag like this, and you can get out the little silver cable to, to put on it. How many have used a flip camera before? So just a couple. This is pretty easy. It just has a power button that you turn on. There's a big red button in the back. You push that and record it, okay, and that's it. Um, when you want to play, you press the play button over on the side, and it'll play messages, ones that you've recorded. I would recommend not worrying about deleting right now because we'll be able to delete later and you don't want to accidentally delete, you know, something that you've done. The one thing I want to show you real quick is how to copy these from the flip camera onto your computer. And so when you um, are done, we're going to give you 45 minutes and... <laughs> And I don't know, I think Wednesday's another class does come in after us. So what I'm going to recommend that you do is that you copy your files to your desktop and then you put them on your flash drive because we probably won't have enough time in class to upload. Um, the process that I set up for uploading, and I'm kind of jumping ahead of myself here. Let me go back. You've got two categories. First category is a theme. Pick a theme, like stress and some questions that you're going to ask. You'll turn in three videos. Every video has to be less than 60 seconds, all right? So we don't want long videos. Please try to get the person to say their name and what their role at UNT is, if they're a junior, senior, if they teach. You're not going to be disqualified if you don't get those three things in the video. But if you'll try, um, go for that. And you'll just put three of your favorite videos that you get in the next 45 minutes um, into your submission. Next choice is the race. And there are about 20 different um, things. There are scenarios. You know, someone climbing a tree showing spirit or organizational pride. I have printed off five copies of, of those scenarios so that if you want to grab one of those and you and your partner want to, there's going to be one prize in this category. So 
one group will win the prize for that. There will be two prizes in the theme category, so you and your partner just kind of have to hedge your bets and decide which one you want to enter. You know, if only one person enters the, the scene options, then guess what? They're going to win. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure what you, what you all are going to choose to do. But after you get your videos, you're going to want to copy them to your desktop. And this is a little complicated because there's a folder, and I didn't write this down, called DCIM. This is the same way that some Sony cameras work. And inside that folder is the videos. And here's where the videos are. Uh, this is actually a 12-minute video. So this is a, a longer video. It's like 400 megabytes. Uh, you're going to be doing 60-second videos, so they're going to be a lot shorter. But you might copy them to your desktop and then copy them to your flash drive. Very, very important. Written in red on the instructions. Make sure before you take the video that you ask the person if they have your, their permission to share it on YouTube. You're doing a class project. We're interviewing people. Can I interview you and share it on YouTube? If they say no, you're going to need to go find somebody else who will do that. If you can't find anybody who says yes, then you can interview each other and, and you can do that. Uh, again, you also don't have to upload this to YouTube, so that's an important thing to recognize. You do not have to video yourself. You do not have to um, upload this to YouTube and share this. So in no way am I requiring people to share things on YouTube that they don't want to share. And just like we talked about with TwitPic, there's responsibility that comes with this. We've got to make sure people are sharing permission for us to be able to, to do this. Um, let me make sure I'm covering other options. Last thing, I guess, is the video upload. I'm going to put up here on the screen, and you can copy this down on a sheet of paper, um, because this is not on the document. I'll put this on the Moodle. What's in yellow is not in the document. And if the, if the file you get is less than 25 megabytes, you should be able to email it as an attachment. So you can actually email it. And what I've done is set up a new YouTube account for free, and we've got a website called PixelPipe. And PixelPipe lets us upload files to different places, and I've already set up our account to upload to YouTube. And um, I went around several times to try to figure out the best way to do this. So less than 25 megabytes, you can email it. You should be able to email that from Yahoo, Gmail, your UNT email, although I didn't test it, but I know Yahoo and, and Gmail allow attachments up to 25 megabytes. Otherwise, you can log in to the website pixelpipe.com, and that's the user ID and password that I've created. Again, I will put this information in our Moodle, and I'm not publicly saying what this is for the recording or putting this on a site, because this is our site. This isn't for other people to use. They'll be able to view what we do, but it will not you know, be open um, for other people. So please also don't you know, post or share what those are outside of our class, uh, because this gives you direct access to our YouTube account. Does anybody have a question before we turn you loose? I'm going to put them on the Moodle. So when you log into Moodle, because that's a login and a protected site, I'm going to have that right underneath in, uh, like the quiz. I, all of your tests are graded for your exam ones. Um, I sent all the feedback for all your Pecha Kuchas for everybody who's done one. Some of you have already submitted the VoiceThread quiz. Remember, the VoiceThread quiz and the quiz for your Google Map are due Halloween midnight. So please get those uh, done, and I will be grading those as quickly as I can. And we'll be talking about a new topic on Monday. I'm probably screencasting, but 
I want you to have fun with this. Yes? So, so we just, um, sorry, this might be off topic. No, it's okay. Uh, you're going to upload. You're going to share the link to your blog. So you're going to embed and link your voice thread on your blog. And the assignment says, I think, to write a paragraph about your voice thread as well. Okay, yeah, so yeah, so just the quiz, the quiz just asks you for a link. It okay. says, what's the link to your blog? And just make sure that your blog post has got the stuff that the assignment asks for. That's the same thing for the Google Map. It just says, where's your blog? What's your blog link? Yes. Um, if we have an odd number of people, we will allow one group of three, but I think we may be even. Nope, I think we may be odd. So if you want to be that odd group, um, does anybody else want to be the odd group? Okay, you need a partner? Do you need a partner? Okay. Um, who, who doesn't have a partner that they want to work with? Okay, so the four of you. So if you don't have a partner, why don't you go to the back of the room and find your partners. If you have a partner, I need one. Uh, this is important. Um, I need your driver's license, and I'm going to keep that since I'm giving you a $200 camera. I trust you guys, too. But in the elementary classroom, I would take a shoe when I gave kids the pencil, and they would give me their shoe, and they would borrow the, the um I'm not going to take your shoe because you've got to go out. So you have the rest of the class period to work on this, but please try to come back at 12.20 so that I can um, get your cameras back from you, okay? And if you'll go ahead and put your name, and you can come back and write the camera number. Just do your name and the time, whatever. Just put 11.30. And you can come back and put the camera number later. I'm going to stay in the room, so I'm, I'm here to make sure no one walks off with our stuff. And after you, before you walk out, if you'll just tell me what number you've got. But see, this is the whole thing, if you want this. This is the, this is the whole printed deal. Oh, that's what I want, yeah. The whole thing? Yeah. Okay. Did you get a camera? Yes. Okay. Great. If you just put your name, and then you can come back and put your... So, is this oh, just but you need to you uh, put your name on the oh, sheet, too. This is 11.30, um, 12.20, just at the end of class. Okay. And did you give me a driver's license? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. Just put your name in the time. Can we print off? Yeah, if you want to print, uh, I've got a PDF open there, and it's page three. I would recommend that you open up your box and leave your box and stuff here and just take your camera. I'm going to stay here in the class, so I'll be here. Um, you. Hello. Uh, I don't think so. No? Okay. Uh, no, what number? It wasn't me. Did you say you needed If you want to jot down the, the number, you saw already, the side. We already, I already signed my name. Right, just put the number beside it. Okay. Does, any, does anybody not have a partner? You can join our group. You can join us. 
Okay. Would you like to join one of these volunteer groups? Yes, you may. You can join the group. Okay. Do y'all have it printed out already? I'm going to leave all my stuff here. Yes, that's fine. I'm going to stay. I'll stay here. So. We can go. Um, you need to check out a camera. Okay. Yep. You go. Go ahead and head out. All right. Y'all got your camera. All right. Okay. Anybody? Who else needs a camera? Okay. Here's a question. Here's a question. Do you want this? Okay, thank you. Can you take this whole thing on? Yes, you may. We're number 12. All right. Just put your name, and then you can come back and put the number of the camera you have after you get it open. Yes, if you'll just drop the number down that you got, that will be great. They are cool. I, I like it. I hadn't really gotten to play with one. The quality is really good. It records in high definition. Does it? Yeah.